Alright, so we'll say thank you to our thank you to our sponsors to thank you to anybody else? I'm not. Shabby Huda Bookwalter. 
for dedicating the Shir Tanakh commission of the, of the yard site, upcoming yard site of his father, of Usher Bachwalter, whose fourth yard site, who's Susie, whose first yard site is Sunday, the 4th of Shvat. We hope, where's Rabbi Yehuda? We hope that in the merit of Mir Hashem, again, Rabbi Yehuda's father, an Ud Mutzal Me'esh, one of the survivors, one of the special Nishamas of Cloud Yisrael, who after enduring such overwhelming and unspeakable Gehenim, had the ability to rebuild, had the ability to pick himself up from the ashes in Baruch Hashem, to see in this world generations of children, grandchildren, to continue in the ways of Yaakov, Sabah, Kadisha, should be a for his mishpacha and for all of Klav Thank you to Adam Edelman, Adam Edelman, for sponsoring in honor of his son Avi Edelman's engagement to Hannah Tanzer. Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Where is that? Adam Dov is not here. Not here. All right. There is a there, no. There is a buyout option. If you sponsor enough, you don't have to come to share. There is a, there is a sponsor, but again, Mazel Tov, Chassid and Kalim Yerusha Hashem. Shabizochet to build the binyan adi adi. May I ask him to tell us about that tremendous hashkot to Rabbi for the beautiful, beautiful spread that is that is that is really Rabbi Wow. Okay. Tonight, Beishvat. Wow. Okay, and it's the the Rebbe of Zusha. Incredible. Incredible. So we are we are continuing in Mirza Hashem tonight. We started uh, we started last week in the in the Sefer of Tzav Zerus, the the journal the journal of the Piyazetzna, journal of the Piyazetzna, and this is a very different type of Sefer, very different type, uh, very different type of limud, very different type of limud, and something got it got a little wet. Unless it was the tears from the from the Torah reading. Right, so so. The very different kind of limut over here, just with the with the Rebbe's Torah and the Rebbe's journal. You know, we thought the name Shavatova was like an entry into the Chedre Chadarm of the Rebbe's heart, the Rebbe's soul. This is even something, even deeper. I was, you know, I was thinking a lot today. I'm sure many of you saw, you know, what's happening at the Hague and the International Court of Justice, where literally again it, it's Eretz Yisrael and it's like Am Yisrael is on trial, is on trial, for the, for, you know, in front of the world. And the irony of ironies is that, you know, South Africa, South Africa, you know, South Africa has got its own problems to deal with, like rampant levels of poverty, ridiculous levels of corruption, and just like, there's a reason why there's mass immigration. You know, they had a very strong Jewish community there. There's a reason why just people are leaving. It's, 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 and it's incredible to see that suddenly again, they are the beacons of morality, the beacons of light. But you know, in general, the way it works in the world, the Bashan Tavakadish said, the Bashan Tavakadish said that whenever you see something or experience something in this world, there's always a message. There's always a message for us to see. Right? He quotes the quotes the quotes the Mishnah Birkyavas. The Mishnah says, right, Histakel Bishlosha Dva again, he says he says, Damalamalamimcha, Ayin Roa, the Ozin Shomaas, Vikomasakha Basefer Nechtavin. So the Rebbe says, know that there's a watching eye and an attentive ear. So again, Bepashtos is referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? The Moshe sees everything, HaKadosh Baruch Hu hears everything. But the Rebbe said, on a deeper level, what it means is, everything you see, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to see. And everything you hear, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to hear. Which means that if we're living in this time where these proceedings are taking place, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to see it because there's a Musr to be gleaned from it. So I was thinking a lot about this today. Like, what, so what's, what's the Musr? What's the Musr from this charade of justice, supposedly? That's like, what are we supposed to take from it? And I will say, it struck me today that, you know, as I just mentioned before, it's incredible 
that a country that has so much that is broken inside of it, like South Africa, right, has the chutzpah to suddenly go ahead and be the one who needs to point out to the world what's broken in Eretz Yisrael, the only democracy in the Middle East. Democracy in the Middle East. But it's, it's a Dover Pashat. What's, what's the Dover Pashat? The Dover Pashat is we all prefer to look at the things that are broken in others rather than look at the things that are broken in ourselves. And this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is putting on the front stage for us. This is on the global stage. The paradigmatic example of focusing on what is broken in everyone else to the exclusion of introspecting and looking inward. That's literally what this is. And then it struck me even more. When does this whole thing start? On a Thursday. On a Thursday. On a night at Piazzetzna. Because I will say, what's the entire point of the Piazzetzna's works of Tzavazeros? We'll see this whole point of this journal is to look inward. That's the whole avoda, is to look inward. We spend so much time running away from the stuff that's contained inside because we're so scared to encounter our broken kite. We're so scared to own the things that are just in such a state of disrepair. So instead, I'll just pretend like it doesn't exist. Or I'll focus on what's broken in this one, broken in that one. And the Rebbe comes along, the Rebbe comes along and tells us, stop running, stop running. Don't be scared to look inside yourself. You may be a little bit scared with what you find initially, but like Rabbi Nachman says, Rabbi Nachman says, in ta'amin, if you believe that you have the ability to destroy, then ta'amin, then believe you have the ability to build. And I will say, I think that's the tremendous Moser that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pointing out to us in these days. Right? Am Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, is fighting a just war. We are the tip of the spear for all humanity in the ultimate war of good versus evil. And yet again, everyone is so quick to pile on, to pile on what we're doing wrong and this and that and all these different things. And meanwhile, again, every one of the accusers, every one of the accusers has so much of their own personal and national work to do. But why focus on that when you can focus on the negativity of someone else? But I will say every single morning when we say the bracha of Baruch HaTashem HaKiru Melech HaOlam, Shalom HaSani Goy. What does it mean when we say, Hashem, thank you for making, not making me like the nations of the world? I will say never has that bracha resonated with greater importance than these days. Because you know what separates Am Yisrael from the nations of the world? Is that where everyone else always wants to focus on what's broken in the other. We as a people and as individuals have the koach to focus on what's broken in ourselves. And to figure out a way to fix it. It started this morning in the International Court of Justice. And then ultimately, again, the Arila Voda begins tonight with the Piazetzna. Let's begin the journey of looking inside, not running away anymore. Stop being afraid of whatever is broken, whatever is misfiring. It's part of me. It is me. I'm going to own it. I'm going to fix it. And with the Piazetzna's help, and of course with Siata de Shmaya, in Merit Hashem, I'm going to make myself into something great. So we'll say with that, let us begin. We're picking up tonight in Sif Gimel. In Sif Gimel. Sif Gimel. Incredible. All right, we'll say, so look what the Rabbi says over here. So remember again, in Aleph and Bays, in Aleph and Bays, again, all right, I'm not going to review it again, otherwise we're just going to dive in my um, so, so we'll start, we'll start with Gimel. We'll start with Gimel tonight. We'll say, I'll have Sfarim by next week. And there's actually... This safe is going to be a good investment because this actually has two svarim in one. Yes, you heard correctly. Two svarim in one. Hachsharas ha'avrechim and sa'avzeros. So we're actually starting from the back of the safer first. This is the Piazetzna's journal. So we'll have them next week. It's like a 10-year investment. 
I was going to say like like 15, but yeah, but if we move at a good pace, it'll be 10 years. Yes, Amir Sashem. Yes, we'll shuffle it. By that time, though, he's going to have to uh, switch to a low-fat diet because we'll be on like blood thinners or, or whatever. <laughs> you know, that was unnecessary, but, but, but deserved, but deserved. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just because of that, there's no deep fryer in the new building now. That's right. They're going to sit there with you, a little air fryer, a little air fryer, one thing at a time. <laughs> All right, say, let's, uh, <laughs> let's begin. Let's begin. Paragraph Kimmel. Say, li- 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 now, again, say, I, just, I just want to point out, like, like I mentioned last week, this safer is very different because it's not a safer. It's the Piagetsna's personal journal. <laughs> so what you see him writing over here, what you see him writing, everybody has a sheet, Gabi. Sheet, Israel, you guys have? Yeah, okay. So I'll say, so what, what, what you see over here is the Piagetsna, remember again, just put, he's journaling. So I'll say, what do you do when you journal? What do you do when you journal? You just take the things that are in your heart and, and you put them on paper, right? What did Piagetsna say last week? He's like, you know what? I, I, I create this image of who I want to be. And then I measure myself up against who I am versus who I want to be. I make that plan. So I'll say, so what, what I, my point over here is, you're not going to find like Gemara's quoted. I mean, you'll find some Amari Chazal, but this is the Piyajasna's Neshama on paper. So here he goes. Imargish ata shalibcha nishbar. This is so profound. Let's say a person feels that their heart is broken. My heart is broken. Otherwise, we'll say, what, what, what does it mean that I feel my heart is broken? It means that like, I'm not in a good place in life. I'm just not in a good place. And I feel just like my heart and my spirit. Like, like rach means like soften, like downtrodden. I, I, I feel broken. I feel broken. So listen to this. This is incredible. The Rebbe says, the Rebbe says, <laughs> sometimes in life, you can't trust how you feel. What, what, what do I mean by that? He's like, sometimes, I will say, you know, there, there's a lot of psychology, right? That, that, that's, that, that, that contemporarily, that, you know, how you feel determines your reality. But that presupposes that how you feel is an accurate barometer of some level of reality. And I will say, but the truth is what the PSS is saying is that sometimes a person is just like in a bad spot in life. So what I feel... Is, is not correct. What, what I feel, the, the emotions I'm experiencing, they're not grounding emotions. I'll give you a simple example of this. You ever have, you ever have like a very bad day? It's a very bad day, right? Where just something, something went really wrong, whatever it might be, right? Generally for most of us, how do you feel on a day like that? What's, what's your general mood on a day like that? Bad mood. Right? Bad mood. Right? How does the world look to you on that day? This never happens to anyone here? No. Or are you just too focused on the schnitzel? What, 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 what is it, right? Hey, I'll say again, how, how do you feel? Hey, the world is dark. Now, the world is dark, right? Everything is terrible. Now, is that, an, now that's the way you're feeling. That's really the way I'm feeling. Is that an accurate feeling? No. No, in fact, the way I'm feeling is not an accurate portrayal of the world is at, at, at all. Something might be wrong and something might be broken and something might even be really terrible. But the world is not dark because of that one thing, right? Again, there's plenty of other beautiful and wonderful things that are working just fine and are beautifully. So what the Piagetsna says is that sometimes when you feel like that your heart is broken and you feel that your spirit is downcast and you feel just like Tzibrach, just like a broken person, just understand that just because you feel that way 
your feelings may be misleading. That's what I say. I know it's like, you're not allowed to say stuff like this today in, in contemporary society, right? No, because if you feel it, right? If you feel it, no one has the right to tell you that it's not right, right? Because if I identify as feeling sad, then I feel sad, right? And that's it. And you can't tell me I don't feel sad. So I just want to tell you, that's because like, it, it, it's, a, it's a load of garbage. Like, it's not, it's not true. It's not true. And it's misleading. And that's why, again, you have, you know, so I just discovered, you know, there's something called the misery index, there's something called the misery index. Yeah, you know like, all fascinating, that, huh? fascinating. Yeah, the misery it's index. It's an economic that, uh, yeah. barometer. It's, it's actually interesting. It doesn't just measure misery, it also measures happiness, which is an interesting yeah. idea that happiness is determined by the misery index, which is okay, different, different share. I was like, but but the but the point over here is why did I why did I mention that? I don't know. Anyway, my, my, my point just is that just because you feel a certain way does not mean that what you're feeling is MS. So the Piaget says, he goes on, he says, So we'll say, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling broken, and you have an inkling, and you have an inkling that maybe what you're feeling is not really correct. It's not really an accurate portrayal of what's happening. The Piaget says, what do you need to do? You need an emotional purge. You need an emotional purge. You got to get into your heart. You got to get into your heart. And you have to clean it out as quickly as possible. He says, Haskin is hapitsoim. Fix the wounds. Fix whatever is broken. Hashve es hak mumios. Literally again, straighten out that which is crooked. And get out the worms, get out the rot from whatever is eating you up from the inside out. They're both say, this is incredible. Essentially what the Piagetsna says is that sometimes in life we feel down. We feel down. So we think, why do I feel down? I'm unhappy about this. I'm unhappy about that. The Piagetsna says, nine out of ten times, do you know why you feel down? You know why I feel down? Because you're not happy with who you are. And if you were happy with who you are, right, then ultimately, again, it doesn't mean that you don't feel sad at times, but you wouldn't feel broken. Feeling broken is a manifestation of being unhappy with the current spiritual state that you occupy. So let's we'll say it's such, it's, and, and again, I, I just want to point out, let's we'll say you could, you could, of course, disagree with this, but you'd be wrong, but you could disagree with this. You could disagree, because remember, this is the Piagetsna's feelings. Like, this, this is not, I would say, this is not Tarsh not Tarsh This is the Piagetsna's journal. But I will say, but, but sometimes what you see from people's innermost thoughts, the most profound things, even more than their Torah, I will say, how incredible is this? Think, think about this. I, I, I'm telling you, literally, I, I have not been able to stop thinking about this piece the entire afternoon. Because for me personally, it has opened my eyes to so much. If I go back in my life, when I say go back in my life, I mean like yesterday, right? And go ahead and look at a time that I really was feeling bad about something. So I convinced myself that what I was feeling bad about was this or that. But the truth is, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, the negative feelings came from inside. And the negative feelings came from a deep feeling of knowing I could be more. I could do more. I'm underperforming. There's a certain sense of personal rot that is sitting inside of my soul and is just like corrosively overtaking me from the inside out. And if I would find the power, if I would find the ability to go ahead and get in there and do that spiritual purge, get in there and do that work and take out that stuff, it doesn't mean that stuff wouldn't bother me, but I wouldn't feel broken. But I wouldn't feel broken. 
or what the Piyajasana says, is that so much about your general emotional disposition in life is reflective of where you are holding as a person. Happy, high performance, spiritually accomplished, Torah-dick people generally feel good about life. And people who deep down know that they're spiritually underperforming, people who have things that are broken that they refuse to acknowledge and accept, generally get upset about a whole bunch of stuff. But the real truth is you're not upset about the stuff. I'm upset about me. I'm upset about me. So the Piagetzna says in those moments when you feel broken, that's the moment, get in there, get in there, see what's broken, see what's going on, and clean it out. About, well, what is this? Well, this is incredible. He says, about my hair, I say cane. But do this very quickly. Now, I will say, now remember again, this goes back to B'nai Machshavatova. What did Rebbe teach us B'nai Machshavatova? I will say, when is the best time to access your Neshama? Remember from B'nai Machshavatova? The best time to access your Neshama? Emotion, right? So any time of heightened emotion, whether it's sadness or happiness, whatever it is, emotion is that moment where the door to the soul is open, a door that, excuse me, a door that is very often closed. But in the moment of heightened emotion, that door is open, get in there. Get in there. So the Piaget, this is incredible. The Piaget that says, you're feeling down? You're feeling down? You're literally feeling, I was saying, you know, I, I had this, it's, it's just so interesting. I, I had this, I was, I was in Florida. I was in Florida for a day and a half. I had a meeting in a shear, and then I got stuck because of the weather on Tuesday. <laughs> so three flights or three, four flights, however number of flights are canceled. I'm finally like on the plane. It's nine o'clock at night and we're not moving anywhere. <laughs> One hour, two hours, nothing, just sitting. Then the lights go on. You know that feeling when the lights go on and, and Southwest starts serving snacks? You know, you know, then, then already, already know. And, and it's, it's not good. And the captain says, oh, by the way, we've been on the tarmac phone. I'm going to have to go back and refuel. Like, couldn't you put it in neutral? Like, well, what are we doing the whole time? Like, well, you know, so, so well, whatever. So, so, so you know, it dawned on me in that moment, like, I was hit by such a wave of depression. So I tried to figure out, like, why, like what is it? What is it? Like, what, what was the problem? And as I was like, I felt like in that moment that, oh my gosh, have I spent my life sitting on the tarmac? You know, there's nothing worse than that feeling of sitting, you know, when you're on that plane, you sit on the tarmac, you're like, I'm not doing anything. I'm literally just sitting here. I'm just sitting here. I can't go anywhere. There's only two bathrooms, right, on, on this whole thing, right? right? Everybody's getting like a little bit edgy and everything like that. And literally, I'm just sitting here. I've already I've checked all my emails, all my WhatsApps, all of my texts. I, mean, I didn't, but whatever. You know, but whatever. You know, you know whatever. I, 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 I did I, I, I did everything I could do to keep myself busy, right? I, I, of course, there's always more Torah to learn. But there's this like feeling of like, and then I realized I'm not actually hit by a wave of sadness about the Southwest flight because there's plenty of stuff to do even sitting on an airplane. I'm worried that like, is this a metaphor for my life? And am I just living between destinations, constantly stalling out for hours at a time in the middle of nowhere? And that's the Piagetsna says. He says, you're not upset. You're not upset. I'm not, I'm not, it's true. I, I didn't realize this at the time, but after learning this, I realized it. I actually wasn't annoyed. I actually wasn't annoyed at, at the flight. Uh, I wasn't. Because the truth is, actually, it, it was a shtickel olam haba, right? Because A, I had a drink coupon. That was so, that was good. So, so, so I was fine. I was actually fine. I took my wife's also. So I, I, I was good. 
Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi didn't kick on yet. Those are hard Wi-Fi. So the truth is like, and all I had, all I had was my Gemara. So like the truth is, it was like a shtickle olam haba. It was a shtickle olam haba. Right? A Jack and Coke, my Gemara, my Gemara, and no Wi-Fi. And no Wi-Fi. Okay, whatever. It's not important. Those are details, right? But Lamaisa, Lamaisa. So in my with myself, it wasn't the delay in the flight. It wasn't the delay in the flight. It was the fact that, is this a metaphor for how I'm living? And that's the Piagetna's describing. When you find yourself broken in life, you're not, 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 sometimes I am upset about whatever the thing is, but more often than not, I'm upset about me. I both say, you know what else you see? Then we have to go on. You know what else you see this? When you're in a good place in life, how do you handle adversity? When, you're in a good, when, you're, when, you're, when you know you're firing on all spiritual cylinders, right? You had that davening you needed to have, like we had this morning, right? You have that daf gimara. You have, and, and now adversity shows up. How do you handle it? You got it. Like, I got this. I got this. What, why? What, why? Why is that? That when I'm spiritually strong, I'm able to handle adversity better. Because at the end of the day, the way you view the world is through the lens of your own personal spirituality. If I'm in a good place, then I'm ready to go. And if I'm not in a good place, then every single thing that happens, the sky is falling. So the Piaget says, therefore, in those moments where you feel so overwhelmed by life, a time of heightened emotion, get into your heart. Figure out what's clogging the arteries, right? What's going on in there? What's the rot? What's, what are the worms that are crawling around? What's all the negativity? What's broken? Get in there now. Get in there now and clean it out. He says, but do it very quickly. He says, This is incredible. Or maybe a person will say, you know what? I, I went in, I entered in, I, I introspected a little bit, and you know what? I'm beginning to feel the humility of tshuva. Both say, get ready for this. This is incredible. The Rebbe says, when you go in and you introspect and you begin to try to clean out the stuff, he says, understand, this is not a quick process. And if you think you get in there and five minutes later, you're like, all right, I'm good to go. Like, I feel like about Chuva, I'm ready. He says, no, 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 that, that's not what it is. He said, that's your own self-delusion, trying to make yourself feel better, that everything that's fixed is already fixed. The desire to be about Chuva. I want to be about Chuva. Why do I want to be about Chuva? Sometimes the desire to be about Chuva is driven by ego. Because if I'm about Chuva, then what does that show? Then what does that show? Then I'm improved. I'm fixed. I'm fixed, Baruch Hashem. The Rabbi says, okay, if you're really fixed, fantastic. But sometimes you're not fixed, but you convince yourself that you're fixed, and that's out of a desire to feed the ego because I don't want to be broken. So I say, see how wild this is? In other words, I first have to find the courage to get in, to introspect. And then once I introspect, it's almost like there is a natural repulsion against introspection, and, but, but, but I am doing it, so I convince myself, I'm about tshuva, I'm done. I'm done. I fixed everything. The Rebbe says, fight past that. Resist that. Move through that. He says, So incredible. The Rebbe says, just understand, you can't be sure about your emotions. You can't be sure that what you're feeling is correct until you've done the work of introspection, gone inside, 
cleaned out whatever is sitting there. Until then, Rebbe says, don't trust your emotions. So if you have a little voice inside you telling, great job, shkoyach, you're a balchuva, right? Sticker for you, balchuva sticker for you. So the Rebbe says, don't, don't, don't believe that. Don't, don't believe that. Especially don't believe it if it happens quickly. Because that's not how change works. That's not how cleaning yourself out works. The Yashuvah Evan Listomas Libcha Shayapasuach Lorega. And remember, the Rebbe says, see, here's the interesting part. The work itself takes time. The work itself takes time. What you need to make sure is in that moment when you're feeling broken, you have to introspect then. See, I was saying, here's what's incredible. Human nature is just, is just amazing. This is going to last us for 10 years, I'm realizing now, right? Let's say, so, so, Lamaisa, so, Lamaisa, right? yeah. what's, what's the rush? What is the rush? It's my new mantra, just like our Amad Yomi Shir. Right? Our Amad Yomi Shir. We do a couple of lines a night. It's fantastic. We just call it Amad Yomi. So, so listen to this. So the Rebbe is like this. It's incredible. When a person feels broken and down, so often, what's, what's like the spiritual or emotional reaction when you feel broken or down? What do people normally do? They shut down. In other words, people rarely introspect in like dark or difficult moments of life. And if, if I'm feeling down, I'm feeling broken. Very often what's happening is I'm kind of just like, like you know, like, like, the, like the turtle going into the shell. Like I'm not, I'm not really doing anything. The Rebbe says the hardest part is that's dafka, the time to do something. Because that's the time of heightened emotion. Heightened emotion means that the heart is open. Get in there. So the idea is you have to get in quick. But just understand, once you're in quickly, the work doesn't happen quick. Right? The work is going to take time. So then you have to resist the voice in your head that says, okay, you're in. You cleaned it up. Great job. Now go back to your life. Because if it comes too quickly, chances are you're not finished. He says, and then what's going to happen? If you don't act quickly and get in, the soft heart that is softened by emotion once again returns back to stone. Aurel, Aurel, isn't how the Piazzetsna describes the heart. He describes the heart as being uncircumcised and closed off on every side. Hmm. Say, that's often how we operate with our heart. Right? So much we're going to see that Piazzetsna is going to focus so much that I would say we don't really let ourselves feel, we don't really let ourselves experience, and even when we do, it's only for a short amount of time, and then we just close back up. Listen to this lush and how profound this is. Sometimes I will say, you know what happens in life? You live outside of your heart. I will say, how incredible is that? I live life outside of my heart. I have this beautiful heart that's filled with so much Kedusha, that's filled with the spark of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but yet I don't live in it. I live outside of it. Why? Because it's all closed off, it's all walled off. And in that moment of heightened emotion, the door is open. The door is open. Get in and do the work. Yearn to fix that which is broken in your heart. That's Hebrew. The worst thing in life is to live outside of your heart. Because if you say it's so, so beautiful, the worst thing in life is to live outside of your heart. Because if you live outside of your heart, then ultimately, again, you have no shlita, you have no dominion, you have no control over it. It was incredible. So what's the takeaway from Gimel? We're going to have little takeaways from each paragraph. The takeaway from Gimel, I will say, is don't, don't always believe your emotions. 
that sometimes what you think you're feeling that's generated by external stimuli is not really anything to do with external stimuli. But a lot of times what we're feeling, even though we link it to things that are happening on the outside, really negative feelings, broken feelings, feelings of sadness are very often rooted in a feeling of, in a feeling of inner brokenness and a feeling of a heart, of a soul that is in a state of disrepair. And therefore, when you feel that, the Rebbe says, understand, heightened emotion, heightened emotion, the doors of the heart are open, jump in, get in there, find out what's broken and clean it out. Yes? I feel like this paragraph was written biased towards that if the emotions are negative, then something must be wrong, whereas if the emotions are positive, it seems like the implication is that something must be right, where it could be the opposite. It could be that somebody who is feeling down, that there could be, construct, there could be a legit reason, and vice versa, it could be that somebody who's happy, not necessarily because they're in a spiritually good place, they might be... I, I don't know that I would agree with that. I think if a person is truly happy, happiness as we define, as we define happiness, right? And I mean, like, a, you know, a guy could be uh, eating or smoking, whatever, and he looks happy, he looks happy, that's not happiness. But I think true happiness, you cannot achieve without a sense of spirituality. That's why I think the Rebbe Dafka, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think a person could fool themselves into thinking that they're happy. In other words, people do this all the time, right? I have this, I have this, I have this, I have that. So I must be happy. Right? And they put on a facade. So a facade of happiness, absolutely. But if you know people who are like that, generally it's only a veneer of happiness. The sadness is very close to the surface, right? Right behind that fake smile, you could sense the sadness already. But I think the Rebbe would say if you are truly besimcha, the only to be truly besimcha is to know that your heart is in order, that your internal affairs are in order. I think, I think. But say, take a look at paragraph Dalit. One more piece, one more piece. We have a couple of minutes. Okay, we're making good, good headway here. So the Rebbe says as follows: say, now this this happens to be section Dalit is actually a, a, one of the longer sections in the Sefer, a couple of pages. So we'll at least start it tonight, and then Emirat Hashem pick it up next week. The Rebbe says, so say, literally, means, means take stock within your heart, within your soul. This, this is actually incredible. So say, so again, I just, someone, someone will be the official uh, note taker of the shir. I don't know who wants to volunteer for that. Who wants to be the, the sofa? Where's our Lichtenin? He listens. He listens online. Right? We need our Lichtenin. So he'll say, so just because, like, just because, it, you know, the first thing the Piagetzna told us ultimately was journal. Second thing the Piagetzna taught us was you have to create the ideal image of you. And then again, compare that to the current image of you and then make a plan to get from point A to point B. The third thing the Piagetzna taught us was that when you feel sad about circumstances, you feel broken in life, it's not about the stuff on the outside. It's about your feelings of brokenness on the inside. Okay? Three things so far the Piagetzna has taught us. Now number four. He sure never nafshcha. Piaget says, look, look at yourself for just a moment. What would happen for a moment if you did everything you wanted? Right, let's say you gave yourself a day. I'm going to do whatever I want today. He says, Imagine for a moment if you had done, you spent your life living and you did anything and everything you wanted, right, physically, in your thoughts, with your will, from the, from, right, from, from the day you were born until today. Imagine you lived that type of lifestyle. So what would you be? What would you be? The Rebbe says, But a person who was like that, 
they would be disgusting. That would be a person who gives in to every carnal desire, every want, every lust, every single thing. Personally, I will say again, the PHS doesn't spare any words. Mezuam means like a bad smell. Meguna, disgusting. Mechuar, ugly. Such a person like this would be in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch, in the eyes of man. V'chol ashrecha v'amidascha. Hirak al shehegbalta al nafshecha. V'asarta levlit seisachutza derech masecha. So we'll say, so why, why am I not that guy? Why am I not that guy who does whatever he wants? One word. What's the one word? What's the one word? Control or restraint. I, I have restraint. That's what I have. We, we all have restraint, right? I have restraint. So, so my personal restraint keeps me from doing the things I shouldn't be doing. So the this is incredible. V'im kein, b'amen nichbidah nafshecha kishila atzma, mi nefesh hazadon asher gam kein eno marshia ata, so we'll say, if that's the case, then how am I different now from the criminal that's locked up in jail? Right? So, so in other words, the criminal who's locked up in jail, he also does not doing anything wrong. Why is he not doing anything wrong? Why not? Why not? Because he's restrained. Right? So he's got a cell. He's got, right, he's, he's, he's got handcuffs. He's got shackles. He's got guards. He's got prisons. So he's restrained, he's restrained, right? And that's why he's not doing anything bad. And I'm restraining myself, that's why I'm not doing anything bad. Piazetna says this, but maybe I'm not really that different from him. Because if he wasn't restrained, then what? Then what? He would do whatever he's going to do. And if I wasn't restrained, then what? I would do whatever I'm going to do. And the Rebbe says, he says, Look inside yourself. So now listen to this. The Rebbe says, so wherein lies the difference at the core between me and the incarcerated criminal? Both of us, if left to our own devices, right? Both of us, if without restraint, would kind of do the same exact stuff. So he's restrained, right, by a jail. I'm restrained, of course, again, obviously it's better to self-restrain, but the point that Piagetsna is making is that both of us without restraint would wreak havoc, right? We do terrible stuff. One more line, then we're going to have to stop for tonight. So, so now with the PhD is going to say, I have to stop, okay? I'm not going to, I'm not going to rush. Because this is like, this would be like gulping down, you know, a, a fine bottle of wine. It would be a travesty. It would be a travesty. I will say, so, but what I will tell you is like this. The PhD says is, you see from here, that at my core, at my core, am I the same thing as the criminal? So where lies the difference between me and the criminal? He doesn't do things because he's restrained. I'm also not going to do things because I'm restrained. So where's our difference? So, so number one, self-imposed, which we're going to talk about, right? I have self-restraint versus he has external restraint. And the patient's is going to bring in one more thing. It's not, it's not really self-imposed. I mean, you can't really do whatever you want. It's, you can live in a 
I know a lot of people who do whatever they want. No, no Ruben Sacred, you can't write. You can't do whatever you want. In other words, right, aside from killing people, yeah, yeah. In other words, you can engage in whatever immoral act you want to engage in. In other words, you're right, you can't harm someone. There are ramifications, correct, correct. Correct. So I, th- I think I think even that's what the pit. Right, but but I th- but I think but I think what Ruben is highlighting over here is it's true that even our own self restraint you're saying is not really self restraint. In other words, if society had no laws, society had no laws, I would do a lot of stuff. So again, it could be that for me it's a combination of societal restraint, personal restraint. For the criminal, ultimately again it's an external restraint. So we're going to see the Piaget and says, so where in law is my difference between me and the criminal? And the Rebbe is going to explain to us, and this we have to imagine, the Rebbe is going to explain to us that really what it comes down to is that my goal is to eliminate the negative desires. But I said, this is going to blow your mind because this is a totally different. The Rebbe says, everybody focuses on self-restraint, which is an incredible first step. But there's something even more powerful than self-restraint, and that is eliminating the negative desires and eliminating the negative things within. It's what he was explaining in Gimel. The higher level is cleaning out the rot. It begins by the rot is here, but I'm not going to act on it. Self-restraint. The higher level is getting inside and cleaning out those things so that I think a different way. I look at the world a different way. I am a different kind of person. It's not just that my abstinence from sin is because of self-restraint. It's because I've cleaned myself out so that I'm a fundamentally different person. We'll have to stop here for today. We're going to pick up again Emir Hashem with Dalit Emir Hashem next week. My, my in the main show.